Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 265. And to say that I'm excited would be an understatement. I've got a fantastic guest. I've been a fanboy and just think he's the bee's knees, basically. Um, I've got Chris Clare as my guest on uh, the show. Chris. Yeah, hey, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I love getting a chance to talk. (laughs) <laughs> and also i've got my friend john Locke, a former co-host of the show coming on um kim couldn't make it this week so i thought i would ask john because he's equally a great fan of chris john would you like to introduce yourself to the audience sure thing john Locke of lockdown design holding it down <laughs> and uh, um, i'm the founder of wp tonic we're a maintenance support company only with WordPress. We have a speciality with learning management systems and membership sites. And before we go into the interview, I just want to quickly um, talk about our main sponsor, which is Kinster Hosting. And um, they've been hosting the WP Tonic website now, I think for four months now, and also some of my clients' websites. And I've got to say, I've just been really impressed with the speed of the hosting, um, the customer support. It's just been fantastic. And if you're looking for a really good WordPress hosting solution for you or your clients, Go to the WP Tonic website. There's banners. They are affiliate links. Um, but if you use one of those, you'll be helping the show. And like I say, um, I push them because I use them myself. So I think they're just a great hosting company. Right, let's get into it. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Chris. Um, you know, you're noted as the joint founder of CodePen, but uh, also the founder of CSS Tricks, which I've got to say kind of really introduced me to the world of front-end development. Um, let's start off with CodePen. Um, how's it going with CodePen? I think I think it's been over three, four years that you've been running it as a joint. It's something like five, six. Yeah. It just, it just goes so quick, doesn't it? I know, I know. So, yeah, yeah, CodePen's going great. In fact, in fact, we're... Um, we have a few uh, doing a little bit of hiring, although I wish we were hiring like 50 people. We're not quite there yet. We're still a very small company. I think we're seven or eight kind of thing, but that feels big to me. I've never been in charge of that many people before. <laughs> Responsibilities, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough stuff. Uh, but we're throwing a conference this year. That's big news for us for the first time. So that's codepenworldsfair.com. Check that oh, what's, out. What's uh, the... Um, why are you doing that? Because that's a big undertaking to um, do a conference. What, what What's the thoughts behind that, Chris? Uh, it's a community website anyway. Like yeah. there's all these people on it that meet each other and know each other. That We have loads of people that do it. It, just, it. it almost just seems like, a. of course we should do this. Of course we should at least attempt once to 
try to get people together and, and kind of celebrate the idea of what's possible in the browser and art online and just kind of see what happens. So it's still coming together, really. But the idea is we're going to hold it in Chicago, which has some history of World's Fairs anyway. So it's kind of thematically playing off that. And, uh, and, and, and having one day where, well, both of the days of the conference are at, a, at a, like a big warehouse space called like Morgan Manufacturing in downtown Chicago. Uh, uh, but it's just like kind of a big raw but fancied up warehouse space that you can have a lot of opportunity to do stuff inside. So we're just going to, I don't know, fill it up with people doing interesting you. art. Yeah. Party, are you? All right. Doesn't uh, funny. Yeah, so it's new. Because funny enough, there's been some articles recently about that conferences um, were kind of dying, really. But I never agreed with that. I, I think um, your kind of formal trade show kind of thing, probably, uh, I'm not too sure about that. But I think actually meeting new users, trying to build a community, it still has a kind of strong place, doesn't it, Chris? I hope so. I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I've read all the same articles you have, but I've had that thought over the years that like, holy cow, is there a lot of these conferences? How can the world possibly sustain this many? And maybe it's something like, I don't know, you know, that people are writing an article like it's got to swing back the other way. You know, some of these got to gotta fold kind of thing. I think so many of them are run at like the, the normal laws of economics don't apply almost that so many people run them at, uh, a loss or breaking even that it's like normally in the real world that would people would stop doing them but there's something about a conference that's so like fun and has other benefits uh that people just keep doing them anyway so it's like this this weird thing that they don't seem to be to be going anywhere yeah, I've noticed and if that, it's not harming anyone, who cares? Yeah, exactly. But as a trend in general with online, there seems to be some people going in one direction and there's other people going the other direction, really. Let's get back onto CodePen. So what, what, how are there any major developments that in 2018 around CodePen or you know, that you're excited about? Uh, sure. I mean, so if people have never heard of it at all, I mean, what it kind of is, is you is a code editor in the browser. That's maybe the, you could call that the heart and soul of, of CodePen sometimes is that it's, it's nothing without that. There's all this other stuff you can do, but the idea is that you, you know, there's a thing called pens on CodePen, big surprise. And you fire one of those up and it's basically, you can write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and see the results of what you're doing in real time. And that's so great for if, for things like teaching, you know, we have classrooms that use it, that everybody go to CodePen and then you start, you know, typing in HTML and seeing the results of that and, and, and students get it and it's great. And then you can, of course, hit save on it and it gives you a URL of what you just did. So that's kind of useful too, because now I'll never lose it. I can always update it at any time. I can share it with people. And now I have this like thing that, it, that exists on the web that I can share. And people use that to for all kinds of reasons. They, some people even use it kind of to show off themselves. Like, look at this amazing thing that I did. Or they just use it to play around. Or they'll build a little component for a client and send them that for sign-off. So the use cases of it are a lot. Um, you know, and I don't, you can use it for whatever you want. There's no mandatory use case of CodePen. But, you know, as CodePen has evolved over time and front-end development has changed over time, CodePen kind of needs to change with it. So one of the things early on was like, people don't, 
you know, you need to, sometimes you need more than just one place to write HTML, one place to write CSS, one place. So we make CodePen projects, which is more like if you're working in Sublime Text or VS Code or Atom or whatever, you have that sidebar of files. You, you know, you can drag stuff in there and you have folders and it can be full of images and JSON data and whatever it wants to be. So that's what CodePen projects is like kind of an evolution of CodePen of, well, people need to be able to, to do more with this. And I would think in the next year, we need to, you know, to continue to keep up with what developers expect out of their development environments. You know? That sounds great. John, do you got any questions you'd like to? Uh... Yeah. And um, I, I have noticed that you guys are having a code pin conferences and, and you're a, a well-known speaker on the uh, event apart lineup and one thing that i wanted to ask you is you know what can word camps learn from some of the larger conferences what what are uh some of the lessons that that maybe uh mm. rub off on the wordpress community i wonder i have been to some word camps you know probably like 10 ish over the course of my life so i'm not like a super expert on on how all they do and how they work out and stuff. But I, I would almost think that there's an equal amount of stuff that could be learned either way. And then I would think by all accounts that WordCamp is like a shining example of like conferences done right, usually. If nothing else, but looking at them, how long they've been running and how excited people still get about them and how often an organizer will keep running it year after year. I mean, that's, that's, that's successful in, in a way. And the but. I would think if somebody's trying to model like I want my conference to be like a WordCamp, that, that's trickier to pull off. One, you need a big community like WordPress has already got, and two, you, you in a sense you kind of need to like not care. Ain't nobody getting rich running WordCamps, you know? That's not like a motivation for it. So it's like you just need some like community love and some desire to get these people together for that to work. So I don't know that it's a model for somebody to just pick up and run with it for any brand. Uh. But like, what could WordPress steal, you know, WordCamp steal from other conferences was kind of the question. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they should be looking at that as a model. I mean, the way Event Apart runs, and I'm a big fan of it, but it's very like, it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a business. It's the life and livelihood of a small band of people that own and operate that brand and that conference. They make money running those things. It's a business very intentionally. And they have great speakers come and they, you know, it, it benefits everybody. But the, I don't know, the alignment of what it's there for and what it's doing is, is kind of different. So they get, I know for a fact that they get, they get companies that like, they do a good job of like, you should send your employees here to learn at what's going on in the industry. And we know that it's a little bit expensive, but that's the deal where it's not training, but it's like, this is, you know, keeping your finger on the pulse of the industry kind of thing. And that's kind of a promise that they make. This is what you're going to get when you come here. Whereas maybe WordCamps don't have like a promise like that. Maybe it's kind of implied, but it's not saying you should come to WordCamp because when you leave here, you're, you'll be that much more attuned with what's happening. Maybe. Here's a, yeah. Here's a, and, and I have a, a question too. I, I don't know if you've kept your finger on the pulse to like what's happening uh, with WordPress core with Gutenberg. Um, but you know, just a generalized question, like, is that something that's on people's radar in the larger word or in the larger web community? 
And, and here's a question too, like, you know, in the larger community, how do they perceive the WordPress ecosystem and has that perception improved in the last few years? Yeah, well, it, has it improved? I, I don't know. Like, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say because I see both sides of it so often, which is one of them is WordPress rah, 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 which you see in the, in the inner circle, I'm sure, a lot. That this is an incredible product and lots of people make money using it. There's lots of people having success with it. It powers a third of the internet. Blah, blah. You hear those talking points all the time, which is great. Uh, and then there's the, an equally powerful force that's just eye-rolly at WordPress that's just like, you know, it takes any opportunity to to just say how it's not appropriate for some situations or whatever. And, and it's whatever. It almost feels like a political argument in that it's just like a 50-50 pick some sides and have at it kind of thing that, that doesn't really benefit anybody. Uh, anyway, I, I, I consider myself pretty middle ground. Like... <clears throat> I shouldn't even say that. More like pro WordPress. Like, I, wh why? Why would anybody care what anybody else picks for the? Is website harming the internet? You know, absolutely not. You know, if anything, it's 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 helped tons of people. So, uh, gosh, I don't I don't feel like that's a, a bit of a rambling thought. But there's certainly it's not like the entire world's madly in love with WordPress. It's much more divided. I guess it's good to be polarizing. That means you're, you're taking a stance. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose there. And the, the Gutenberg stuff is absolutely fascinating. So I don't know how much you want to talk about that. I, it's not like I, I haven't followed it immensely closely, but we are, you know, I'm even doing a podcast later this week with, with some people involved directly with Gutenberg because I do find it one of the more fascinating tech stories at the moment. Certainly some people could care less, you know, it's just, oh, wow, WordPress is doing something. But I think if you work in WordPress, uh, you certainly have or have products involved with WordPress. Holy crap, is, that's much more polarizing than even WordPress itself. Oh, agree, agree. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think we'll go for our break and uh, I think we will delve a little bit into that and some other subjects. Okay. Um, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. <laughs> We've had a, 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 it seems I've gone in a flash, uh, a, a quick conversation with Chris Coyer. Uh, we're continuing it. Great fun. L like, um, yeah, it's caused a lot of controversy controversial discussion to say the least um the whole of um this project this um it's gonna totally revolutionize publishing even more than what wordpress did um well i would hold off on that i mean it's just i, I it was like maybe a few months ago i i was like oh this is fascinating this idea of blocks in an editor i wonder how other cmss have handled it and it turns out like Every, they all have, yeah. you know. I would say you know, everybody has blocks, some kind of way to deal with 
content blocks, whether it's a plugin or built in or native or whatever. So is it feels a little bit like Apple in a way where they'll like they'll release a product and say, look at this is the best thing that's ever happened, but really it's like it was other people have beaten them to it. They just did a good job with it. So hopefully that's what Gutenberg turns out to be is this is certainly not the first concept of a block editor in a CMS, oh, well, but it's a good take. You know? Yeah, I, I take exactly what you've just said, but the thing is we have another great individual, um, Morton Hendrickson from Linda, you know, um, LinkedIn training, whatever it's called there. Uh, um, and, um, He's, you know, he says that Matt, you know, he, he's a bit like you. You thought it was just going to be editor, but then when you delve into, you know, what the core group and what Matt wants, it, it's much bigger than just an inline editor, what they're planning. And I think this is what's called, caused a lot of the controversial discussion about the whole project, really, Chris. Mm. So, oh, right. yeah, you probably follow it closer than I have. But look at, yeah. like, fire up Dropbox, Dropbox paper and look at how their editor operates. Look at Notion.so. I think Notion's a fabulous note-taking tool. It's just, like, in the air lately. This idea of, like, having blocks in which you can c- customize what kind of block it is and have inline editing and stuff. It's just, like, the way it feels like that's just how people are expected to, to edit lately. Yeah, let's go. Let's go on to another subject because there's so much. Sure. And I don't, you know, um, you know, you started um, CSS tricks, um, and I learned so much from it, Chris. You know, um, a very passionate forum, by the way. <laughs> and uh, um, mm. but I learned so much from it, and you know, you, I think your videos and your training videos and your your enthusiasm about learning in general has encouraged so many people did you have any idea that you're going to touch so many people in such a positive way through your blog and your training videos <laughs> i mean i don't know I, I i don't know how to answer that i guess i mean not, it's it's beyond my wildest dreams if that makes sense you know it's 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 hard to imagine on day one what you're going to do, but that dream evolves as you evolve with the site, you know? So it's like if you have, you start out and you're working and you're like, I, I, I hope that this goes a little bit better for me. I have dreams that are a little bit above where I am right now. And then you hit those goals and your dreams just notch up with it a little bit. And, that, and now CSS Tricks is over 10 years old. I guess we're edging on 11 years old and that those dreams just 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 keep notching up a little bit with it and everything just kind of slowly evolves. It's been a WordPress site since day one, which is pretty cool. And I I still uh, uh, feel pretty happy. Like, you know, I'd say at least once a week, I have my dev environment open up and I'm making sure I'm on the latest version of WordPress and seeing what's changed there and making sure all the plugins are up to date. Uh, and that kind of thing. So that's that's been cool to evolve as well as technology evolves in WordPress. It's like you kind of make use of that. As you go. That's great. So really, you know, the Tricks website and CodePen, the CodePen is an application and a community around helping developers um, with practice new technology and learn. And also your CSS Tricks 
is a blog, but it's also really about education and training. So there's some linkage there, really. There, you know, you've got the application, which is a community training, and this website. How do you see online training? Do you think it's still got a lot more traction in it? You know, a lot more development to come about developing tools that can really make online training more than just videos and written um, mm. documentation. How do you see that going? Well, it's, it's one of the more fascinating things going on, I'd say, that there's a, it's definitely not shaken out yet. You know, there was, there was a lot of us come up, came up and made our bones working on websites at a time when there was hardly any training at all. And that you just you just figured out what you needed to figure out, and hopefully that went okay for you. And then you know tech explodes, and and now there's there's you know people talk about a big hiring gap, and that there's just not enough people to fill the shoes of all the tech jobs that need to be filled, and opportunities arising. So I'm sure you've seen there's a proliferation of of boot camps in different forms. There's ones that have brick and mortar schools all over the world. There's some that are online only. There's some that are both. There's some that are just sign up and watch this series of videos. There's some that are more just pick and choose little things that you want to watch. I I don't know that CSS Tricks or CodePen is necessarily part of that movement. Like we're educational in a way, but if you, you don't come to me for training, I, you know, I'd like to that be, would be interesting someday, perhaps, but there, I don't have like a learning path for you. So if somebody's like, what do you recommend to learn web stuff these days? I have to dig around in my brain to figure out the perfect thing to, to send somebody to because it's probably not something that I've built necessarily. That's our more, I don't know, scattered than that. Uh, I think, I think, I see where you're coming from, but I also think you're not, um, you're not being fair to yourself in a way. I know it's bizarre for me to say that, Chris, but I always remember some of what I admire about you is that I watched some of your videos where I think one was where you were trying to utilize MAMP and there was a couple of other things. And you, you say at the start, I've never used this before. It's new to me. I'm just going to go in. And there's a little bit of a struggle and I actually admired you for videoing that and showing it because it showed a master, somebody that's got a high skill level. But when they're shown something new, they go through a learning process. They, that, you know, I actually admire you for having the courage to show that. And it, I think it encourages other people that there is a kind of, um, I'm trying to struggle for the right word, that, that some people just learn things and they don't have to struggle. They're just so brilliant, you know, it just comes to them straight away. But, <laughs> yeah. but Very it, few though, don't you think? I work with lots of incredibly smart people and they're all, we're all the same. Nobody knows anything just out of the bucket. They don't read, they're not like, oh, I went to college for this. Don't worry. I have the answers. They're never like that. They're always just like, oh, I guess I'll Google around and see what's up. Maybe I'll try it out. You know, there's, yeah, to, to record it is, a, I've had feedback like that over the years that they like seeing a video in which there's some mistakes and stuff. You're one of them. Apparently, some people feel exactly the opposite and yeah. they don't want to watch that. They just want a shorter video that's more, that just it shows me exactly what I need to do. It depends on where somebody's at in life and what they need right at that moment. It depends. 
So um, yeah, I do have a bunch of videos on CSS tricks, but again, they're they're really random. You know, they're just like I just think this is interesting right now, so I'm going to shoot a video on it. It's not like, and there actually is some courses too. So I'm contradicting myself a little bit. And I have some courses that are meant to be watched one, two, three, four, five, six, but but these days it's more like signing up for. You know, you're probably going to get a better just like intro education if you go with some kind of online learning service that is designed that way. That's great. John, you got some more questions? I do, actually, and I want to piggyback on, on something that you asked Chris here. I know that on CSS Tricks, you have like a page where it's your most asked questions. And a lot of people come through and they turn to you for advice about like getting a job or should I go back to college to learn stuff? And that's something I did uh, as well to, to start on this. But a lot of people could be self-taught. My question to you is, and, and you're, you, you have your ear to the ground, you're close to the metal. Why do more tech companies look for fully formed developers that are already fluent in like a million things instead of like having internal apprenticeship programs? Mm, that's a fascinating and wonderful question. That it's, it's near and dear to me. And for, for one reason is that I recently needed to hire somebody kind of quickly at CodePen. And we did exactly what maybe you're pushing back on is that I needed to write a job description. And against my better judgment, I had to write it that was like, we're looking for a, a React developer. That's what we really need. And, like, and, and, it, and I cringed a little bit writing it because I was like, and I even put that some of that in the job posting itself. That was, I don't want to hire like this. I don't want to have somebody who's super senior and already knows everything and is a, but that's just the position we're in as a company of a size of less than 10. You know, we have somebody going on, on maternity leave and I need to replace her exact skill set right now for, for something that and we, I don't have time to take on somebody super junior and take me away from other things. So that's, but I don't necessarily feel bad about it because I understand the, the place that we're in. But if we were 20 people, 30 people, if, I think there's a, a threshold that's fairly low that at some point we'll, we would stop that entirely. I look at companies like Sparkbox. They do a great job with this. They're much bigger than us and having a wonderful apprenticeship program that's like they grow their own developers in a way and, uh, and give back in a big way to hiring not necessarily younger people, but people that just have less experience and, and teaching them what they need to go to, to grow up in the world. That's a happier world. If that's me, I think that's a healthier environment for, for hiring. Certainly not everybody can do it. And I guess I kind of get that. And definitely that wasn't meant to be like a judgmental thing. And I totally get it because I've, I've known agency principals been in that same position where they got to hire somebody that's going on maternity leave or they, you know, have a family emergency or whatever. But, but definitely we, I think as the industry, we could grow our own like better. So. Jonathan. I agree. Let's do that more. You know, I'd like to maybe even one-to-one -one. you hire one really senior person. And then the next person you hire maybe is, is, is junior. And then, and then everybody can, can contribute to the, to the growth of them. Knowing full well that there's risk to it too, you know, you, you hire them and you, you, know, you pay them a junior wage and you level them up a bunch, there's a really good chance they're going to leave you. And you need to think of that as like, a, that's just the way of the world here. It's not a negative thing that they've left. you. Agree. Do we have a question, John? And then 
Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ask too, um, when you were like growing CSS tricks, obviously you were talking about how in the beginning you had goals and then once you reached them, you know, your goals grew. Um, how did you know when it was time to bring on people to help you with CSS tricks and how did that free you up to uh, do other things, maybe s such as start CodePen? Mm-hmm. That was super tricky. Because the second you, I remember feeling so clearly like, I, I, I want and need this thing to make some money. Like, uh, you know, which became more and more true after I like left my job to, you know, that was a huge source of income. So, but it, ever since day one with CSS, my goal was for it to be at least slightly business-like for it to make money. And I remember feeling like I make this much money from this site right now. The second I hire somebody, that number just goes down a whole bunch, just immediately. Uh, and it, and it, it took a, a while for me to like be okay with that, to get myself up to a number where I'm like, this is my salary and that's just what I earn from the site. And everything else is like business money that goes to do business things. Uh, and that's only yes, even a somewhat recent relevation, really. But you know, the the very my very first sticking my foot in the in that direction was I had put forums on CSS tricks, like it uses BB Press, you know. Although it's changed technology a million times, it felt good to finally be on BB Press. Now everything on CSS tricks is under one kind of technological roof, with WordPress, which is nice. Uh, but there's been forums on there forever, and at some point the forums started to become a little hard to manage in that. There was spam problems that we fought for years, which are now, fortunately, mostly handled by Akismet and mostly fine. Uh, but that was something, you know, somebody needed to at least look for spam every day in the forums. Like, go in there and figure stuff out and encourage people. And if there's weird password problems or something, I was like, you know what, I should have a forums manager. And it should probably be someone from the forums already. And it should probably be someone who can really do this part-time and it's a little tiny gig for them. This is not a full-time position just a little bonus thing that maybe you can do while you're at work anyway or whatever. And so I hired a guy named Rob and I think I paid him $150 a month or something. Just a very small amount of money to just do kind of do what you're doing in there anyway, but uh, let's formalize it a little bit. Like you're the, you're the spam master in the forums. And then that role grew and changed. And then I was like, okay, I got one employee. I could really use like some generic help and ended up working with a woman named Sarah Cope for a long time who was I think got her foot in the door. I was like, we should sell some t-shirts and you can manage that whole thing. You can take the orders, ship the shirts, do the, all that type of stuff. I need help with that. But once she's already there, hey, why don't you help me edit articles sometimes? Why don't you help me with the inbox? You know, and she just kind of became an assistant on CSS Tricks for years and years. And, years. and now, you know, now that your foot has been wet multiple times, it starts getting easier to be like, hey, maybe I should have like a, a couple of staff writers, you know, we'll pay them a fixed cost. And, maybe, and so these roles have changed and evolved many times over the, the course of CSS Tricks. Where we're at now, I'm just, I'm finished going, just going into my second months of having a full on like content editor publisher. So a guy named Jeff Graham does that role for me. So, and that's been phenomenal this last month. But it's a bigger chunk of the profit of CSS Tricks than I've ever given up before. Because this is a more this is a bigger role. It's maybe not quite full time, but it's not like a little tiny part time thing either. So it's it's kind of in the middle. But it f 
frees me up, you know. CSS tricks isn't like a ton of work, but it's an everyday kind of job. And uh, uh, I just, I prefer uh, more and more, I'd like to give those jobs away to people to free up my time. To, if I have two more extra hours in the day, I can do stuff like be writing more, which I like to be doing anyway. I can use those hours to drum up interesting sponsors or come up with interesting sponsorship ideas and stuff. Hopefully, I can turn the hours that I buy back into paying his salary and more, which is always a roll of the dice, but... <laughs> oh, that's great. I think we're going to wrap it up for the podcast part of the show. Um, Chris has agreed to keep on the discussion for a little while, which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website with a full transcript of our conversation with Chris. Um, Chris... Um, it's been a pleasure discuss, having this discussion with you so far. Um, how can people find more about you and what you're up to, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I keep a personal website just for that very reason. A WordPress site, no, no less. Uh, and it's just my name.net. So chriscoyer.net is my personal site, which is just the basics about me. I put a section on the site that says things I want you to do to be really clear about what I'm asking people of in this world. And it has a blog and it says where I'm speaking next and, and things like that and links to all the things that I do. So chriscoyer.net is a good place. And to my former co-host and friend, John Locke, um, how can people find out more about what you're up to? You can follow me at my website, which is Lockdown Design. And how do people get a hold of you, Jonathan? It's really easy. Go to the WP Tonic website. Um, we've got a ton of material for 2018 planned, written, and also video and the podcast as well. So there's going to be a ton of material around WordPress, learning management systems, business and membership sites. That's what we're going to be concentrating on 2018. And if you really wants to support the website go to itunes and give us a review i know it's a pain on pc but not so bad on the back and it does really help the show and it'd be much appreciated we'll see you next week when we're going to have somebody doing something interesting with wordpress <laughs> we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week